Hi, thank you for listening to Trinity San Diego Podcast. If this is your first time tuning in with us, we want you to know that you are loved. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that this message will encourage you. If this ministry has blessed you in any way, you can partner with us to reach others by investing at trinitysandiego.org. Thanks once again. Now here's Pastor Todd. Jesus in the middle. Isn't it interesting? I love how God works because we've sang songs about storms. We've sang songs about miracles. We've sang songs about being in the middle. Here again, we sang the song about here, here I am in the middle. And we're in the middle of life and we're talking about Jesus being in the middle of our life. And so uh, I really believe that God wants to do something today here in this house. I believe that God's put a special word on my heart uh, for you. But if you have your Bibles, it will also be on the screens. Uh, turn to Mark 4, verses 35 through 41. Um, Jesus just got done finished preaching. He preached. He was tired. We know from, from here the parable of the sower, heat and lap stand, um, you know, the, 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 the parable of the growing seed, the parable of the mustard seed, if you have the faith the size of a mustard seed, you know, that whole deal. But Jesus is exhausted. I don't think many people know when you preach how exhausting it is because you're given everything you are up here. You know, because, and God's talking to me even when I'm talking to you. And He's downloading things to me that I have, you know, I didn't even think of or I didn't write down. And that's the beauty of the power of the Holy Spirit and what happens here. So, but Jesus is tired. You know, sometimes the most spiritual thing you can do is just take a nap. You know, that was funny, people. <laughs> Golly, <laughs> you left me high and dry. <laughs> that was funny, and it was like crickets. My word. But we're going to read in, uh, in Mark chapter 4 uh, how Jesus calms the storm. It says, That day, everyone say, That day. When evening came, he said to his disciples, Let us go to the other side. Everyone say, Other side. <laughs> Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was. Do you remember that old song, Just As I Am Without One Plea? I just popped into my head right there. In a boat, they were there with other boats with him. So he wasn't alone. There were other people there. A furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drowned? Couldn't you, like Charleston Heston, you could hear that voice. He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet. Everyone say, Quiet. Be still. Then the wave, or the wind died down and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. Today, the title of my message is Calm Inside the Storm. Calm Inside the Storm. Let's pray. Jesus, we love you. Whoever wins the Masters tournament is going to be awesome. And God, I pray right now for movement in this atmosphere, change in this atmosphere, that whatever storm we're walking in or whatever storm we're walking through, that you're in the middle of it. We love you, Jesus, in your name. And everyone said? Amen. How many have ever been in a storm? Oh, yeah. 
maybe a physical storm. Like, uh, I, I've been in hurricanes. I lived in Florida. Uh, hurricanes are kind of interesting. Um, it's just like, I used to think it was like, it was like a giant tornado. It's just a big storm. Um, and then I've been in ice storms. I've been in snow storms. Uh, I was recently in the bomb cyclone that was in Denver. I was traveling in Denver with a group of guys. And um, we were there, and the bomb cyclone hit. Do you, know, do you know what I'm talking about? In Texas, it actually lifted a semi up off the ground. And like, you, you should just Google it, people. Not now, but later. Google it where it lifts the semi up and it drops it. I mean, it's incredible, the power of a storm. But I believe that we have a different type of storm, too. We have different storms that we walk through, different storms that we all face. Maybe it's a financial storm. Maybe it's a physical storm. Uh, well, uh, in our family, we've faced a storm recently. Um, we faced this storm uh, known as Storm Sty. It is this storm that my wife has had. And my wife is uh, a wonderful woman who I love so dearly. But uh, she, about two months ago, woke up with this thing on her eye. And she's like, what is this? I have a sty. And so like, initially, she was like, we were like, oh, it's going to go away. It's going to, no big deal. It's just going to go away. We're going to, it'll go away in due time. We'll just, and I've seen her do some pretty crazy things with this sty. I've seen her go... <laughs> Hot water, she took, you know, she, she boils hot water and she literally lays on the couch and she sticks this hot water thing on her eye and she sits there for 20 minutes. She does it multiple times because hot compresses. I know it all about how to cure a sty now. And so, but what, what I find so funny is that it started simple. It started with just, you know, she was putting a, a flat iron on her, on her eye. She was literally, she's literally sitting in the bathroom like this. On the, sitting on the, you know, just sitting there with, a, with a, um, a flat iron on her eye, trying to get this heat on her eye to get this sty to subside. She was trying to do anything in her power to get this bump off of her eye. I don't, I mean, like, and what I found so interesting is that it started as just a little storm. And then it started to go a little bit. She started to worry about, and she like, can't you see? And I'm like, no, I can't see it. And she's like, no, can't you see it? It's there. It's huge. People are looking at it. I'm like, no one's looking at it. No one's even, even staring at this sty, baby. You look great. I'm like, I'm like, are you kidding me? And so the whole time she's just like, and finally she's so convinced that this thing is like, it, it, I mean, like she, she went to the minute clinic. That didn't work. She went, they were like, oh, it'll go down on its own. Didn't. Then she goes and she, she has a, a, one of our uh, nurse practitioner friends gave us a prescription for it and that didn't work. So then this week she had her wits in. The storm was so big and she was so frustrated that she finally went to the doctor and she goes to the doctor and the doctor goes, well, it's too small to do anything with. So you're probably going to have it the rest of your life. Barring, and like, literally I'm like, I'm like, oh, that's okay. And I just say that's movement for a miracle. Hello. She like, literally we've been praying for this time. And I'm like over there and I'm like putting my finger. Cause you pray for people, right? We're, yeah. That's what you do. And so I'm praying for her. I'm putting my pinky on her. She's like, don't touch my face. Don't touch my face. Touch my eyelids. So like literally I'm like this. She doesn't like people touching her face. So I'm like, dear God, I'm calling down heaven. But what's funny is, is, is this, this storm that, that was created by this storm that was a sty is something so simple. But yet what we do oftentimes in our own life is we let something really minute affect the way that we view life because she was looking out the lens that everyone was looking at her, her own storm when in fact no one was looking at that. And I look at these guys in Mark 4, and these guys in Mark 4, they had seen Jesus do miracles, yeah. right? Yeah. 
They'd seen blind eyes open. Yeah. They'd seen styes be removed. Yes. Oh, I'm kidding. <laughs> we like to have fun at church. But they, 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 have, they have seen miracles. They've seen great things take place. And this storm rises up. And this storm overwhelms them to the point where they have to run and they have to wake him up. And I find it so fascinating that there, that there are four guys that are seasoned fishermen. Four guys on the boat that were seasoned fishermen, most likely. And could you imagine the, 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 the situation and the circumstance? Could you imagine going from the sea or on the sea where they're, where they're feeling this, the wind all of a sudden pick up? And these white caps started to come over their boat. Can you imagine the sensation for a moment standing in that environment and seeing what they were seeing? And they're seeing this storm and this squall rise up and they didn't know what to do. I think oftentimes that's the way that we view our own life. We view our own life that same way. And so this is what I want to ask this question to you. If you're taking notes, write this down. How often do we let the size of our storm dictate the size of our God? How often do we let the size of our storm dictate the size of our God? We oftentimes let worry overwhelm our worship. You walked in here today with a storm. Oh, my family, you have no idea. Oh, these kids. Oh, I can't handle these kids. Oh, my financial stress. You walked in here with the storm, and that was the only thing you could think about when we were lifting our hands in worship. That you couldn't, and I'm not coming here to beat you down. I'm coming here to lift you up. Because, friend, I'm telling you, Jesus is in the middle. He's in the middle. He is right smack dab in the middle. But what you have to concentrate on is your Savior. You can't concentrate on your storm. Let me say it like this. Your storm is not bigger than your Savior. Amen. Your storm is not bigger than your Savior. Oftentimes, we let the storm of children, the storm of finances, the storm of a doctor's diagnosis, the storm of a sty, the storm of a job, the storm of depression, the storm of worry, the storm of insecurities, and we let them outweigh the voice of who God is in our own life. And we sit there and we, we live in, this, in the middle of the storm when we're supposed to live in the middle of our Savior. Wow, it got quiet. I know I'm preaching to somebody now. I'm telling you, you have got to understand that your Savior is bigger than your storm. Say, my Savior, my savior is, bigger is bigger than my storm. Than my storm. And I, I'm going to tell you that, that I've come to remind some people that your Savior is bigger than your storm. And, and, and you have worried so much. You have feared so much. But let me tell you, friend, let me tell you today that, that you have a Savior that even the wind and the waves obey. That's right. So what's to say that He can't come in and take care of you in your situation? Right. He can't take care of you in your storm, take care of you in your problems, take care of you in your worry. But what you have to do is you have to push back your worry and you have to go in a little bit and worship. And I'm telling you, I don't always, uh, I can't always sing, but let me tell you, I'm singing all the time because I'm going to let worship be my warfare and I'm not just going to sing on Sunday. I'm going to sing on Monday and I'm going to sing on Tuesday. I'm going to sing on Wednesday. I don't care how good I sound or if other people care that I'm singing. I'm going to sing because I have to worry or I have to worship my worry away because I got to remind myself of who Jesus is in my life, who my Savior is when a storm rises up. Because you have an enemy on the flip side that's trying to come in and take you out. I'm talking, he's trying to take you out. 
But you have a Savior that's saying, come on, come on, just worship, just worship. I got you. We got this together. I believe in you. Come on, son. Come on, daughter. You are my son. You are my daughter. I will take care of you. I will love you. I died on the cross for your sins so that you can have some freedom so that you don't have to live in a storm. But we listen to the, to the, to the enemy and we listen to the storm of our life. And we sit there in the storm and we're going, oh, the storm. And we live in the storm. We live in the storm. But let me tell you, storms have seasons. And you know what? Storms always end. Storms always end. Name a place that a storm is constantly going on. A hurricane? Three days? Serious. Honestly, where is a storm? that's, That's the fact of the matter is a storm has an end. And some of you need to end your storm today. You've been living in your storm and you need to cut it off today. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day of victory. Today is your day. And the reason you came to church today was to get set free. I believe it today. Wow, I'm pumped. This is good. I'm preaching to myself. I might set myself free down there. Come on. So three things from this story that I learned. And one, one of them I've never read before. This way. I love that about the Bible. It's always going. But number one. If you're, writing, or if you're taking notes, write this down. Jesus intended to get to the other side. Jesus intended to get to the other side. Mark 4.35 says, That day when evening came, he says to his, to his disciples, Let us go over to the other side. Jesus gave them orders to go to the other side, even knowing the storm was brewing. And you have to remember that Jesus is omniscient which means he knows everything. And we know that according to John 2.25 where, where it said, he did not need any testimony about mankind for he knew what each, or I'm sorry, for he knew what was in each person. So he knew the storm was brewing but decided to go anyway. That's the type of God that you serve is you serve a God that's intentional. That he's intentional. That oftentimes that, that, that we, we allow our circumstances and we, th- we think that, that the circumstances that we're walking through are for no reason. We think of the job issue we're walking through is for no reason. We think of the health issue that we're walking through is for no reason. But let me tell you, there's a reason that Jesus brought up that storm. Jesus had intention. I love that about Jesus is he's intentional because you know what? He doesn't give you something before you deserve it or before you need it. He's an on-time type of God. And the thing is, is he's intentional, not about your present, but about your future as well. Think about it like this for a moment. What did he knew that the disciples were going to face in the coming days if he knew everything? If he didn't let them go through a storm to trust them, to trust him a little bit, how do you think it would have been when the, all of a sudden he came on that holy week and gets arrested. How do you think they would have felt? Do you think that that's not a storm? That their best friend, that the guy that they love, all of a sudden is, get, is in the middle of this storm? Huh? Honestly, think about that for a moment. That there's a storm that those disciples were going to face. The storm of persecution. Right? Yeah. Every disciple was persecuted. So, I mean, he, he was intentional. He knew the storm was coming. He knew the storm was right there. And he knew what was to come for the disciples. So he's setting them up for success because he's an intentional type of God. He's so intentional. He knew that there was going to be a storm of hurt, a storm of betrayal. Yet he allowed the storm in the, the situation right there to come in so that he could build up their faith. And what storm are you facing today? 
that God is trying to get you through so that you can help somebody else because that's the intentionality of who Jesus is. Right? Yes. He's trying to get you through something so that you can help somebody else. But so often we only look at ourselves and we go, oh, the world is ending. It's all about me. But really, he's helping you get through your storm to build your faith so that you can tell somebody else that, hey, you're going to make it. I believe in you because we serve a God that's greater. Even if they don't believe, you can still be that encouraging voice. and You can say, I believe it. You're going to make it. You're going to make it. I'm telling you, I feel the Holy Spirit on this today because I believe that there are things in this atmosphere, things that we've walked through, storms that are brewing in our life. And what we need to do is we need to get through them because there's something on the other side that God wants to download to them. I'm telling you, Jesus, he wasn't going to go out on a pillow. He was going to go out on purpose. Think about it for a moment, this pillow. Jesus, do you think Jesus was going to die on a pillow? <laughs> Honestly. Do you think Jesus was going to go down in a storm on a pillow? Or do you think that, Jesus had, that, that God had greater plans for who he is? He's not going to go down on a pillow in a boat. There was greater plans because he had to rise from the dead. Amen? And so the fact of the matter is, is he wasn't going to go down on that pillow. He was going to go down for a purpose. And he went down for a purpose for you and I so that we could have eternal Amen. life. Amen. Number two. Number two. If you're, writing, or if you're taking notes, write this down. Jesus spoke to the waves and also his people. And, and, and I've never seen, this is where I say, I've never seen this in the text before. Never once in my life have I read it like this. And I've told this story countless times on countless occasions. But I've never read the Bible with this intentionality. And, and, and I was reading it, and it just jumped out off the page to me. That's why you have to get in your word every day. Because when you're in your word every day, and you're like, I don't get it, I don't understand it. Well, don't read Ezekiel. Read the New Testament. Read the stories. Get, get a different version. Get this Bible in you. Because then all of a sudden, things start popping out on the page. And then you can live it out. And you can see it. And I, I see this right here. I've never seen it. Mark 4.39. It says, He got up, rebuked the winds and the waves, um, and, or, and said, rebukes the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. And I think that so often, we focus on the wind and the waves piece. We sit there and we go, oh, he rebuked the winds and the waves. That's great. Isn't that awesome? I love it. Except he was also, I think, showing, not showing off, but showing out of his power to his people. And he's telling them how to live through a storm. He's telling them how to live through a storm. Not just so that they could see the wind and the waves obey him, but so they can actually see what happens when you're quiet in the midst of a storm. Because when you look at this, Jesus, he, was, he, he speaks to all situations. And I think that oftentimes we allow our storms. So much of our life, we talk about our storm, right? Oh, you wouldn't believe what I've been through. <laughs> you have no idea. You know, we talk about the storm. We talk about the problem. We talk to other people about the storm. We talk to other people about the problem so we can feel better about ourselves. And I'm not saying that that's not good. What I'm saying is when you have to talk about it more, to more than, what is it, babe, three people, it's gossip. And so what I'm telling you is you don't need to talk about your storm anymore. You don't need to talk about your situation anymore. You've exhausted the, the, what, what you've been talking about. What you need to actually do is you need to be still. And you need to be quiet. Because what I've found is my mouth 
oftentimes makes more problems out of my storm. Because if my wife and I are in a little um, disagreement, <laughs> which we don't argue very often, if ever, but the fact of the matter is, is if I allow my tongue and I talk a little bit more, what does that do? That elevates potentially the opportunity for a greater storm. But what happens is when I'm quiet, and I'm not saying we just, you just bury everything. That's not what I'm saying at all. What I'm saying is when you have a conversation, when you have a dialogue, but there are times in that dialogue that you actually need to be quiet. You need to be still. And I believe that we need to, we, we, we need to talk to God about our storm, but there are times where we need to be quiet. Let me, let me say it like this. In this passage, I looked up the Greek and the Hebrew, or the Greek, and it says, quiet and be still. Quiet means uh, to be silent. It's the, the word COP, COP. But then in be still is FEMU, which means to muzzle or to put to silence. And I want to talk and emphasize this idea of muzzling for a moment. From muzzling, the purpose of a muzzle is you place that device over the snout of an animal to keep it from biting or opening its mouth. And I think oftentimes the greatest storms that arise is when we take a muzzle or when, when we don't muzzle ourselves. We're not quiet in the midst of our storm. And I believe that Jesus was telling the wind and the waves to be quiet, but he was also showing the people, hey, you need to be quiet from time to time. You need to stop talking from time to time. You need to be still because you want your storm to subside. Maybe God, you've been talking about your storm to God. Maybe God himself, right? Are you with me? Maybe God himself wants you to be quiet so he can instruct you how to get through your storm. But oftentimes what we do is we go, God, you have no idea about my kids. My kids, they this. We, we're, we're, le we're reading a list off to him when he was like, shut up. Be quiet. I have a way that you're going to get through this storm. Well, you have no idea, God. I, you know, I know what you're going through. Let me instruct you. Maybe you should be a little bit more patient. Oh, I've been so patient. You know, like we argue with God when we should just be still and muzzle ourselves for a moment because a muzzle also helps yourself. Okay, it helps a dog to not hurt themselves or other people. So that's the purpose of a muzzle is so that they don't hurt other people or themselves. We have to be mindful about our mouth. Last but not least, number three, Jesus never left the boat. Amen. Yes. He was on a cushion, sleeping. Never left the boat. It says it right here in the scripture. Mark 4.38 Jesus was in, a, in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drowned? Realize this, friends, that you can't sink a, in a ship that Jesus is in. <laughs> so often, we think Jesus is out of our boat because of what you've done, because of the things that you've said, because of the perspective that you've had, because of maybe what's been done to you. You think that Jesus has fallen out of the boat when actually he's just down here sleeping on the cushion, waiting, waiting for the moment 
for you to come and talk to Him. So that you can get up, or so that He can get up and get in your situation. Jesus will never, ever allow the ship to sink that He's in. And your life, if He's in it, it won't sink. Remember what I said, that storm is going to end. And it reminds me of a storm that we faced. The storm we faced a few years ago. When I was working, Katie and I were dealing with some issues with Carter. And you know, when it's your first child, you don't really have benchmarks for other people or for, for, for your child. You don't know, oh, at two years, because everyone's different. They're like, oh, he talked between 18 months and two, you know, two years. You're like, oh, whoa, geez, you know, that's a huge gap. You know, you don't really have these benchmarks. You don't really know because we were first parents. We didn't, we just were like, we love this kid. He came out of the womb and I'm like, you're perfect. I know you're going to mess up, but you're perfect. And we come to find out about two years in that he's not meeting some benchmarks. And I would probably tell you that that's a little bit of a storm, right? I can remember crying, not disappointed in my son, but in the midst of my storm, weeping, crying, going, God, I don't get you. I'm faithful. I'm filled with integrity. I love you. I care for you. I do your work on mission. I try not to sin. I do the best that I can. And this is what happens. I get a son that has challenges. Real conversation. We don't want a phony pastor. I'm going to be authentic. I'm going to be real. That's a real conversation I have with God. And what's fun, kind of funny is when I do those conversations, I'm typically holding a pillow. <laughs> but the fact of the matter is, is that storm where we would pray and we'd go, God, are you with us? 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 We can't see it all the time. We don't know what's happening. He's not sinking that ship, friend. If you don't know, our son Carter, he's eight. He's going to be in here in a few minutes. It's going to be crazy. It's awesome. But he has some challenges. He's on the autism spectrum. And we're believing for healing in Jesus' name. We're going to believe for miracles, signs, and wonders. But that situation could drown a family, could drown a marriage. But in that boat that we allowed Jesus to sail, guess what happened? A miracle happened. A miracle of an opportunity to love a community that needs to be loved more than any other community, I believe, that needs to be loved that needs to be cared for, cared for because they're oftentimes outcasts because we were parents that were outcasts oftentimes. We were uninvited to birthday parties. We had friends of ours talk behind our back. Want to talk about a storm? And we'd go home and we'd cry and we'd, we'd, we'd weep. We'd pray, but we'd love. But you know what? In the middle of my storm, Jesus gave us opportunity after opportunity to obey His Word because the storm that we face for the moment, we've seen victory in our Son. We've seen breakthrough in our Son. We've seen God move in our Son. We've seen Him baptized right here at this church because He just threw up His hand because He believed it. 
I'm telling you, friends, whatever you're walking through, that storm, that situation, don't worry. You're not going to sink. I'm here to remind you, you're not going to sink. Your storm will be your story because Jesus never left your boat. And you're sitting next to somebody that's probably in a storm because we're all in a storm of some capacity. It's just the magnitude of the storm. Sometimes the magnitude is huge. It's insurmountable. Sometimes the, ma sometime the magnitude is very minute. And it's only when we think about the storm that we're in the middle of a storm. But friend, I'm here to remind you today that Jesus is in your boat when you allow him into your boat. So if you would, bow your heads and close your eyes. We're going to take a moment.